action sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two good ways to do that. Um, other, Many other not as good ways, but two good ways to do that. Email and Twitter. You can email me, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org, or you can email the show, ignition at at sfcatholic.org, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet to us. The diocesan uh, Twitter handle is sfdiocese, and use the hashtag ignition. Again, sfdiocese, hashtag ignition. Happy Easter, Father. Happy Easter, Dr. Bergwald. He is risen. He is truly risen. Hallelujah. The bur- it's back. Hallelujah is back. Hallelujah all over the place. Yes, sir. Um, I actually had a student who complained to me about too many Alleluia's with their Easter Mass at home. What? I had a student who complained about no, having too you. many. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, didn't you notice that we haven't been doing the Alleluia for the past? He's like, well, I know, but it was just, it was just too many. Oh, it's, just, it's, just, it's enough. It's enough. <laughs> All right. Whatever. Huh. Well, we're going to talk about the resurrection today. Uh, Father, actually, speaking of which, uh, just recently, Father, I came across um, uh, a reference to a, a poll from 2010 of, uh, of, of Americans, and among uh, Americans who identify themselves as Catholic adults, um, who identifies them, identify themselves as Catholic, a whopping 37% of them knew that Easter is about the resurrection of Jesus. So... Hey, 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 that's not bad. <laughs> really? <laughs> the, no, that stinks. The facetiousness uh, was crystal clear. Well, you know, it reminds me of a time when um, we had a deanery meeting, and we were talking about percentage of uh, registered Catholics who attend Sunday Mass on a regular basis uh, here in, uh, in the state and in the diocese and uh someone said you know we're at like 35 percent, which is better than the national average (laughs) and i responded yes that still stinks (laughs) and my comment was reported anonymously to the bishop (laughs) i mean not like not like reporting me to get me in trouble but just when they gave when they sent the deanery report yeah uh uh, they said to which someone responded it stinks I had a couple of people say, knowing that you're from that deanery, was that your comment? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm found out. Yeah. And now we know Honesty. the truth is out there, Father. It's Honesty. It's uh it's it's out there now as soon as this hits the airwaves. We, what is this, the X Files? It's which is coming back, but that's a whole nother story. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole nother thing I'm not gonna pay attention to. Thank you very much. <sighs> Anyway. You know what I did for uh, you know you know what I did for a little Easter celebration, um, mass. Well, yes, mass. But I um, uh, I bought a uh, armoire cabinet, just kind of cheap press board wood, but to hide my TV in it. Nice. So I can have my TV like closed under like closed doors. Yep. 
And so it doesn't like stare me in the face. We did that, but some unseen force keeps the doors open. Huh. Yeah. Could it be children? (laughs) Could it be me too? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm sure I might do it too, but... No, we'll yeah, that's that's a great idea. Just to, yeah, to be able to close it. I, I think I've probably um, shared with you off air, if not on air. Um, Father Paul King, a priest of our diocese, a great homily once talked about in centuries, millennia from now, when uh, um, archaeologists and anthropologists yeah. study twenty first century America, they'll ref- they'll see how we worship the great black slab because it's found all over in our homes, different shapes and sizes. Oh, and our, and our homes are centered around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to find a cabinet to hide your TV inside, I mean, there's almost nothing like that anymore. Right, yep. Because so. we want to display it. It's a, it's a status symbol. Yep. You know, but we're not here Jones to talk is. about worshiping false gods like smartphones and TVs are. No, we? no, no. We're here to talk about Jesus Christ who crushes false gods. Exactly. Uh, Crush and, him. <laughs> and, and, and specifically, we're going to, fittingly, uh, we want to spend some time talking about the resurrection. It's been a few years since Father and I discussed the, the topic of, of the resurrection in a particular way on Ignition. So given that this is Easter week, still within the octave of Easter, um, seems seems like a, certainly an, an appropriate and fitting time to do that. So Father, um, we'll talk about the reality of the resurrection and the relevance of the resurrection. So starting with the reality of the resurrection, I know both of us, and I think you've actually finished it. I haven't, but we both have copies of a massive book by, <laughs> by the Anglican theologian N.T. Wright, scripture scholar N.T. Wright, um, uh, on, on establishing, uh, insofar as we're able, the historicity, the truth, the reality, the facticity uh, of, of the resurrection. Facticity? Yeah, I, I like that word. I don't know if it's real or not, but I like it. Um. So, massive. What, do you remember the real title? Uh, Jesus and the uh, uh, what is it? The victory of the Son of God. Yeah. Um, uh, or no, the resurrection of the Son of God. Yeah. Uh, because it's actually supposed to be the last chapter of his book, the victory yeah. of the Son of God. Yeah. Seriously, um, it's like, what eight hundred pages or something like that? It's huge. Oh yeah. When he talks about that, he said uh, he was writing his second book on Jesus, the victory of God. And uh, he wanted to do his last chapter on the resurrection, but they'd already p- made the bindings. Yeah. And he, it was already an overstuffed binding. And if you ever have the book and see it, I mean, it is an overstuffed binding. It's like bursting. And so they said to him, no, we'll have to save this and do this as a supplement. And so he, but then kept on doing research on it and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh. And it's actually, I think, the same size and maybe even bigger than the book it was supposed to be the last chapter of. Right, right. Yeah. So, all of which to establish that that it's it's historical, the historical validity, for lack of a better word, of of, of the of the resurrection. Um, and so we'll we'll start with that. Uh, just a few points about that, and then we'll look at okay. Now that we've established that it's it's true, it's real. What does it matter to our lives in the twenty first century? But starting with reality, Father, a couple of big things. I know in the catechism, I don't have the paragraphs immediately at hand, but the catechism points to two things in particular that, that establish the truth of the resurrection. One of them is the empty tomb, and the other is the appearances of the risen Jesus to to the apostles and to others. Um, mm-hmm. w- w- either of those, uh, any, any, I, do you want to start with either of them, Father, in your own, your own thoughts, any comments on either the empty tomb or the appearances of the risen Jesus? Well, I think in certain sense we downplay the empty tomb 
Because we think of the empty tomb as maybe just like a one-time occurrence. Like, oh, okay, so I went to the tomb and it was empty. But uh, the fact that the tomb is empty, was empty, and that no one ever tried to use that against the Christians. Yeah. You know, I think it would be pretty easy uh, refutation uh, for Romans or uh, Jews or Greeks or whoever to be like, oh, all right, let's go look. You know, you say there's this empty tomb, but let's let's go look. Um, and and that's never brought out. That's never flung in their face. Um, you know, we we don't see that being used against them that often. Right. There's yeah. That uh, there and uh, just to be clear, there's never a time. Of course, Christians believing the resurrection. There was never a time when when Christians. Uh, venerated or worshiped the 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 body of christ entombed um because because he rose so the tomb has always been empty um there there is nowhere where we go and we venerate the the tombs of the saints and so on the resting places of the saints but that has never been the case with jesus because he rose from the dead now there's a church built over what we believe is is the spot where the tomb was but but nobody's ever said well he's still there because he's not right um, so that's that's one, and I think you're right, Father, that that we sort of overlook the importance of of the empty tomb. Um, most people think uh, quickly uh, and immediately. I think of of the appearances of the risen Jesus to to the apostles and to others, and it's clear um, from the scriptural accounts. And this is one of the points that's raised. Um, that's made to to show the historical validity of the gospels. The apostles clearly forgot or slash weren't expecting Jesus to rise from the dead because they're hiding they're they're in fear of the Jews they're afraid they're mm-hmm. they're going to be yep. next um it's not showing them sitting around and just waiting you know um you know twiddling their thumbs well when's the resurrection going to happen Sunday's almost here no they're not expecting it and and so um it, it it's surprising when, to them when when Jesus appears in the midst of them right and um some some people will say that like a lot of the gospels will point out the failure in that way uh, of the disciples, the failure of the disciples, the apostles to be attentive to Jesus' own predictions and words. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, we think about that with all the resurrection accounts um, when uh, uh, they're going there to attend to his body with the burial spices and things like that. You know, didn't you realize he said that he would die and then be raised? Right, right. So, um, how do we know, Father, that he really appeared to the apostles? Well, we have the uh, unflinching eyewitness testimony. Well, couldn't they have been lying? Uh, they could have, but it seems unlikely. Why? Because of the fact that they held on to this statement, uh, even to the point of death. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and, and and not just not just like death of an old age, um, but uh, the death of um, the death of torture, the death of being uh, accused, uh, dying in uh, uh, exile, so to speak. And so with that going on, that seems very unlikely that they would hold on to a lie uh, in a in a death like that. Right. Right. That's I mean, that's the the um, to me, that's that's the key. Well, not the key, but certainly an important key in, in establishing the, the truth of the resurrection. The, the apostles 
went to horrific deaths in the case of most of them, um, insisting that Jesus of Nazareth has had risen from the dead, which doesn't make any sense if it was a lie or a hoax or just a big, well, a hoax, a, a big joke that they were per- perpetrating in the world because it didn't get them power, it didn't get them f- fortune. It got them dead and in particularly awful ways, um, which just doesn't make any sense if, and, and, and none of them said, oh, we were just kidding. Sorry. Um, none of them did. Fooled it, you. <laughs> right, precisely. I mean, none, none of them did that, which the, the only thing, you know, with CS, once you've ruled out um, our, well, I think it's uh, Sherlock Holmes. Once you've ruled out the, the, the the things that can't be the case or whatever I, I'm I, I'm totally fumbling that um, but th- that's the most logical explanation that they uh, were telling the truth that they had se- and not just a ghost I mean that's the thing that gospel accounts make clear and that they would make clear later um, that he appeared in bodily form he ate in their presence showing that he was not just an apparition a ghost uh, but that he was truly a uh, resurrected in a bodily way from the dead. Um, and, and, and he established that by eating fish with, with them, as we see mm-hmm. um, in John, what, chapter 21, I think. Yep. Yeah. And another thing with that, too, is um, you talked about how um, the apostles really didn't gain power through this. Right, right. You know, it, it, usually lies, uh, fabrications of the sort that people would claim the resurrection to be, usually lies like that are told to gain oneself power, the psychological motives, if you will. Right. Right? Yep. You know, and what did the apostles gain from this? But exile, ostracization, hatred of their own people, and death. Exactly. You know, and so they had very little to gain by making such a lie as this. Yep, yep. Um, which, again, points to um, the the veracity of their claims, the truth of their claims that they really didn't. And and not only that, but they, I mean, how, how changed they were. Again, remember who, one of the things that, that we in, in our work have been talking about a lot lately in, in our emphasis on discipleship and following Christ is looking at who the disciples, the, the first disciples were, the, the apostles in particular, ordinary guys from Galilee. You know, they weren't the, the, the best of the best, the, the, the best and the brightest and so on. They were really ordinary uh, working class guys um, who whose lives were radically changed. They said because they they uh, encountered Christ living, dead, and living again, um, and, and everything they did after the resurrection, particularly after Pentecost, uh, makes sense only if what they say is real. Why else would they travel to, as far as they did? You know, T- Thomas going to, to India and perhaps even China proclaiming the gospel. Peter, Paul going, of course, to Rome. Um, others going to, to Africa and up to modern-day Georgia near, the, near Russia. Um, why would they have done that, proclaiming Christ risen from the dead, if it ha- actually hadn't happened? Yeah. And I think that actually takes us a bit then to the relevance of the resurrection for our own lives today. You know, so you talk about that 37% that could recognize that Easter is the celebration of Jesus' resurrection. So that means that there are 63% uh, who in some sense don't recognize that, correct? Right, yes, exactly. Right. 
Um, so w- what's the big deal? Why should we pay attention to the resurrection? Can't I be a good Christian? Even if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, can't I be a good Christian just by being kind to my neighbor, uh, by doing unto others as they would have to do unto me, however that phrase goes? Yeah. <laughs> the golden rule? Yeah, exactly. Do unto us, right. others. That, yeah, yep. So why can't I just do that? Hmm? 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 St. Paul would disagree. What? Yeah. Yeah, he would. It's true. If Jesus Christ, uh, you, I think you probably know the, the specific verse, um, the reference. What is it? If Jesus didn't ri- First rise. First Corinthians from, chapter 15. If Jesus didn't rise verse from the dead, then our faith is 20? in vain and we are the worst of fools or something like that. Right, we're fools. Our faith is in vain and we are fools. If Jesus didn't rise to the dead, Dr. Bergold, I should like to worship Thor or maybe Zeus because lightning's cool. (laughs) Right? Uh, It is cool, yes. And with all these droughts we're having, I'd have a lot less obligation to worship the lightning. Yes. (laughs) If Jesus isn't raised from the dead, I mean, why live a life of self-sacrifice in any way? Um, I don't know. Yeah. It would just seem to me that if Jesus isn't raised from the dead, then I can just do what I please. Yeah. But Christ is raised from the dead. And and so this is, um, this is verse 12 and following. If Christ is preached as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting Ouch. God because we testified of God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. So, Father, I think what, something, you know, we, we rightly focus in, uh, in many ways. I think we think of Holy Week and the Passion account from Palm Sunday and, 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 and Good Friday or the, the recitation, the proclamation of the accounts on those two days, focusing on them. But then Easter Sunday, we turn, and then we're celebrating the resurrection. Um, There is no resurrection without Good Friday, but Good Friday is incomplete without the resurrection. If Jesus has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. So the two have to go together. I I think maybe sometimes people might, might... misunderstand our emphasis on the the crucifixion to mean that we neglect uh, the, the resurrection, which is most definitely not the case. No, the, the resurrection completes the— I mean, without the resurrection, there's no point in celebrating the crucifixion. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So what else— why, why else is it relevant? Well, uh, it's, it's relevant as well that— uh, um, this isn't one of your actual one of our points we prep. I'm just thinking of this. It's also relevant because it teaches us um, that God loves us uh, not based on what we do. So what, connect, His love for us is based on um, based on His own actions. Okay, so connect those dots dots for me. How, how is His yeah. love for me connected to the resurrection? Well, because um, first of all, it's it's a love connected to humanity in that way. Because Jesus Christ took on real human flesh, real human intellect, real human mind, soul, will, heart, spirit, uh, joined to his divinity in the incarnation. And so by raising Jesus Christ from the dead, God is elevating all humanity in that way. Okay. Right? Yep. Uh, secondly, 
uh, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead and was able to be seen by his apostles to engender them onto this mission to turn them from uh, fearful cowardice into brave self-sacrifice. Uh, uh, he showed a love for them by elevating them in that way, right? Okay. Yep, okay. Yep. And then finally, um, you know, that there's something after his payment uh, for our sins. So not just a, a legalistic transaction in the sense of Jesus paid a debt that we that we owed but couldn't pay ourselves, right? Okay. Uh, which is true, but we need to kind of go beyond that a bit to then uh, not just to repay the debt and start out at square one, but to repay the debt and start out someplace completely different right. uh, in the resurrection of Jesus. Okay. And so that's just a sign of God's love for us and that freedom from kind of this materialistic notion that our worth depends on what we do uh, or even just that spiritual notion that our salvation kind of depends on us. Right. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Okay. Sorry I, for not prepping you on that one. I didn't think of that one until just now. No, that, yeah. No, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought it up though. Yeah. I think, I mean, the, this is as, as the reading from Paul makes clear, makes clear um, our faith is in vain. We're still in our sins if the resurrection hadn't happened, but it did. And therefore everything is different. And this is, you know, the apostles um, and, and other disciples as they went around uh, the, the, um, the, the Middle East and, and into Europe and so on and Asia proclaiming the gospel. This is what they announced that, that God, the one true God has raised this man, Jesus from the dead, um, emphasizing the resurrection, not denying the divinity of Christ and saying that, but emphasizing the fact that the father raised the, the son made man from the dead. Um, and in fact, that's, you know, we, we read in, in X, what is it? Chapter 16, 17, um, how, when Paul, preached this in the Areopagus in Athens, um, sort of the public square, if you will, where people would 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 um, get up on their soapboxes, so to speak, and and say what they had to say. Uh, that's where they they sort of laughed him off and said, oh, that's really interesting. Come back and talk. Because the idea that somebody could rise from the dead, and that's what a lot of N.T. Wright talks about in his book. Um, that right. idea is was 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 radical. Uh, we, we take it for granted now because 2,000 years of Christian history, we're used to the idea of the resurrection, but it, it was a radical notion um, at, at the time. Yeah, correct. We, can, we we do gloss over, and he makes that a very good point, and that there was no real um, <clears throat> uh, 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 there's no real notion of um, resurrection in the Christian sense of it. There is maybe hints uh in it but um the, the the reality of it wasn't there until the resurrection itself right because and this is you know a point we we didn't make but it's, it's worth um clarifying the resurrection isn't just a return to life as we experience it now that's resuscitation so lazarus wasn't resurrected when jesus raised lazarus from the dead that was resuscitating him bringing him back to life um and, and lazarus would have died again um, mm -hmm. and, and with others, you know, throughout history, saints, 
uh, Jesus. There are other instances, the the, the son of the widow of name, um, where Jesus and then saints in history ra- literally, really truly raised people from the dead, but they were they were resuscitated, not resurrected. Uh, the resurrection is into a new form of life, of life, a new way of 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 existing that we do not experience here and now that will will, will that will last forever. Right, whereas like Lazarus died again. Yeah. He wasn't resurrected, he was just raised to new life, the the son of the widow of Nain and others. And so this is something completely different in that regard. Right, right. And so we should act and live differently accordingly than going back to that. Um, what is the relevance of this? Yeah, we, we because we know because of the because of the truth, the reality of Jesus' resurrection, we know that that death does not have the last word. That that death, while it has a sting, it does not have its victory, as we as we proclaim in the Easter Exultant. Um, that that doesn't have the last word, and therefore we ought to, and we, we don't. I don't always, but the the truth of the resurrection in my life, I ought ought to live my faith boldly because I I, I should I should know in my bones and live in a way reflecting that knowledge that whatever happens to me, the resurrection remains true and death, pain, and suffering do not have the final say. Right, which is easier said than done in yeah. some ways, but it's a gift we need to pray for and something we should ask for. Yep. What else, Father, we got about two minutes left. What, what else uh, in terms of the relevance of the resurrection is worth pointing out? Um. Well, I think well, the one thing we didn't uh, mention was just that the uh, certitude that death is not the end. Okay. Right. That is not just eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow we die. Uh, but again, a re a reaffirmation of the proof that there is something beyond this mortal coil. Right. Um, and that's and that's a big thing, you know. Um, uh, and there's other ways uh, to talk about this. Uh, if you're talking to maybe someone, an atheist or someone who wants to just say, hey, listen, you know, you can't prove to me if there's anything beyond this flesh. And so it's just eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Right. Um, well, no, we, we can talk about there being more uh, in this flesh than that. And we should talk about that. And, um, uh, uh, and the resurrection points to that. And, and and therefore, you know, everything that flows from it, the good news of the resurrection um, means that this life, as long as it truly is for, for many of us, you know, 70, 80, 90 years, 117 years in the case of a few women um, who, who just passed away recently, actually, um, is insignificant ultimately because we will live forever. Correct. Yeah. And actually, which actually just, by the way, a little bit, thing back to the reality of the resurrection. Yeah. Um, in Roman times, no one would pick women to be their the, their sole original witnesses. Yes. yes. If they're fabricating a story, why were women the witnesses? Yep. Yep. The I think it's women, but it's just in Roman times that that wouldn't be good witnesses. They they weren't. Yeah, they they wouldn't have any legal standing in terms of witnesses to something important. So, so Jesus is risen. Risen indeed. Hallelujah. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet to us at sfdiocese using the hashtag ignition uh, with any thoughts, any questions for about today's episode or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.